Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. With crime documentaries becoming ever popular and TV court cases in the US picking up huge worldwide audiences, we're taking a look at why there's been such a surge of interest in crime, law and justice in recent years. And to do that, we're speaking with the US lawyer behind one of the most unique cases in history brought to life in 2018 through the Netflix documentary series, The Staircase. David S. Rudolph was the attorney defending Michael Peterson, the American man charged with murdering his wife, Kathleen, at their home in North Carolina back in 2001. David has since become one of the most respected lawyers in the States, specializing in high profile and complex criminal and civil rights cases. So David joins me now. Now, David, I've read your backstory on your websites, explaining the things that led you into your career. Can you give us a bit of an outline about what those things were and how they changed your perspective to go into the career that you have? Well, you know, I guess I was sort of primed for it just because of the times I grew up in. You know, there was a lot of uh, protest. You know, government was not necessarily viewed positively by those in, in my generation back then, at least. And so, you know, I think I was I was always a little bit skeptical of government. But then, of course, we had Kent State, where people who were protesting the war in Vietnam, students were literally shot by the National Guard uh, on a college campus. And then, of course, we had Watergate and we had John Mitchell, who was the attorney general of the United States, uh, being indicted and then convicted for obstructing justice. And so, you know, I think as a result of those kinds of experiences, it sort of solidified my my desire to sort of be a, a shield between the government and individuals to the extent I could. And uh, uh, that's, I think, what sort of pushed me into doing my criminal defense work when I got out of law school. And some of your most famous work is, of course, your defense of Michael Peterson, brought to life in this Netflix documentary, The Staircase. Can you tell us a little bit about how that documentary came about and what it's like for you watching that story back? Yeah, well, let me start with the with the first question. So it was really quite by happenstance. Jean de Lestrade, who was the director, was looking for a story involving the American criminal justice system where a person who had the means and the resources to hire a defense counsel and, and defend himself was on trial. 
and he happened to find us just about the time that that case was starting up. We talked with him. I was impressed with the fact that they were not so much interested in guilt or innocence, but what they were really interested in was the uh, American criminal justice system. And uh, my client really wanted to have a documentary film crew there because I think he felt like it would keep the proceedings fairer uh, if uh, the authorities in Durham knew that what they were doing was being uh, documented in a film. So all of that came together and uh, we agreed to do it. And, you know, I think on balance, it was a really good decision. And I'm, I'm very happy that we made that decision. In terms of, you know, the first time I watched the actual documentary, I was in Paris in 2004 or five, and Michael Peterson was doing his life imprisonment sentence. And it was incredibly depressing to watch those eight episodes, the original eight episodes. Of course, the next time I saw any of it, it was after 2011 when we had gotten him a new trial. And then, of course, uh, when Netflix bought it, I saw it then with the extra two episodes about the Alford plea. And by that point, it was it was a quite a different experience because I knew that the outcome was going to be positive. And so I could appreciate it much more for sort of what it showed about how the American criminal justice system worked and more importantly, how it didn't work. Uh, you know, the first time around, I was just watching it and bemoaning uh, how a jury could possibly find him guilty and sort of questioning myself and, and trying to to understand what had really happened. The second time I saw it, I didn't have I wasn't burdened by any of that. And it was a much more uh, enjoyable way of, of watching the film. And obviously, the documentary has become so popular. It's one of quite a number of court cases, actually, that have either been turned into documentaries or series. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, I, I think that for the better documentaries, it's because these documentaries show the imperfections in the system. And I think uh, they serve, therefore, to educate people who thought that their systems were working pretty well and really didn't worry too much about wrongful convictions or things going uh, sideways in the criminal justice system. I think it sort of opened their eyes to the kinds of problems that those of us who have worked in the system for a long time knew existed. So I think that's been that's been an eye opener for a lot of people. And then, of course, they're just amazingly compelling narratives of abuses and, you know, of human beings who have gone through incredible trials and tribulations and come out sort of on top eventually. So I think I think it's just got a, a natural storyline in addition to having incredible educational value for people who who thought they knew what the system was like, but are finding out differently. Let's take a break now. Stay there for part two when David will give his thoughts on the recent Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard court case. No matter what people say or, or say they've done, you can't really get a full flavor of the evidence in a trial by watching you know, what you see in the news or what a particular website may choose to show you. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title 
will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. So, David, one of the court cases that has caught a lot of global coverage this year, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case. So much was made of that, but also how social media played a bit of a role during it. What did you make of the case and the use of social media during it? Well, you know, I I think that I prefer for cases to be decided in the courtroom and not on social media, because no matter what people say or or say they've done, you can't really get a full flavor of the evidence in a trial by watching bits and pieces on Zoom or, you know, what you see in the news or what a particular website may choose to show you. So I personally think that uh, social media can have a very negative effect on decision makers if they're aware of what's going on in the social media. And of course, judges instruct jurors not to tune into social media, but it's very hard these days to avoid it. Even if you're avoiding it, people in your family or your friends or your acquaintances or your workmates are all looking at it and you're hearing. So I think it's a dangerous phenomenon, to be honest, because I think it can have a real impact on what goes on inside the courtroom. So would you bring in a rule if you had the powers to sort of stop people from commenting on cases through social media while they're ongoing? Well, I, I think that would require more power than the, I could possibly have. But yes, I mean, I think that in the ideal world, the judge and the jury should be focusing solely on what's happening in front of their eyes and their ears. I think they should be shielded from whatever social media influences are out there or other media influences are out there. Because it's not just social media. In the United States, of course, you have pretrial publicity, you have perk walks, uh, you have prosecutors giving press conferences when they arrest somebody. So I think all of that really functions against the interests of a fair trial. And I would just as soon see cases tried on the evidence that is adduced in court. And for you, David, obviously, The Staircase has been such a popular documentary. And I know you are a bit of a sucker for justice. Are you hopeful for more cases going forward that you can take on that could become documentaries in future? I like that sucker for justice. I I may have to get a (laughs) T-shirt made up or maybe you can you can get one made up and send it to me. (laughs) Sucker for justice. But, uh, you know, I think. I don't think there's going to be another uh, documentary that can possibly match the impact of the staircase. And here's why. I allowed them the kind of access that is almost unheard of. I think it is unheard of. I mean, they got to film things that most of the time no lawyer would allow them to film. And I allowed it only because I trusted them and I had certain guarantees in place that I believe they would abide by, such as that they wouldn't release any of this film until all appeals had been exhausted, you know, such as they would send the the video to France every night so that a prosecutor couldn't subpoena it and get a hold of our plans. So, uh, and they agreed to all those things. Uh, So if they hadn't agreed to those sort of preconditions, I wouldn't have agreed to, to do it. 
I doubt that an American documentary filmmaker would have agreed to it then or would agree to it now. And I think any lawyer who does it without kinds of preconditions to protect his client's uh, attorney-client privileges would probably be guilty of malpractice. So I I don't think you're going to see that kind of behind-the-scenes documentary anytime soon, if ever. I think that's really the important point about the staircase. It's not about guilt or innocence. It's not about whether Michael Peterson actually killed Kathleen Peterson or he didn't, whether the prosecution proved their case or they didn't. It's about how the criminal justice system worked in that particular case. That's The Leader. You can find news reviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper or at standard.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We're back on Monday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.